Hey, Jamsters. Did you miss us? I know that we missed you. Uh, it's been probably about 12 days since we actually put out a podcast, which is the longest it's ever been since the Suns Jam session has gone without a podcast. I welcome my good friend Matthew in as per usual. Matthew, how you doing? Welcome to the Suns Jam session podcast. It's been 12 days, man. It's been yeah, weird. it's been crazy. A lot of hate mail, a lot of death threats. So we're back. We I had mean, to that's come all, back. That's all it takes, dude. Like We'll step away for a little bit, but if you get angry, we'll come right back for you. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't take any more hate mail coming via Twitter and coming via, you know, sunsjamsession no. at gmail.com. Oh, shameless plug of people wanting to hear us talk. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we had, uh, we're both working our asses off right now. I know that I, I feel like you're working late every day. Yeah, family's in town. It's been a little bit of a weird schedule, but we're back. Um, yes. But happy to be here, dude. I'm, yes. I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. We're getting to the Western and Eastern Conference finals. It's going to get political on here. It's like, we're going to ask you questions like, does Jamal Murray look like a llama? Mm-hmm. And is uh, Nikola Jokic, is he the, is he Mother Teresa reincarnated I don't really know. with the I don't, praying he does to the refs? I don't understand what that is. I don't know either, but you know what? These are questions <laughs> that are probably going to be answered. And if they're not answered, wait till the next podcast and then we'll be able to answer those for you. Uh, yeah. I can't believe it's already like the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals time. Like, I feel like literally the Suns just finished going 8 0. And now we're already yeah. two rounds down in the playoffs. And that's, again, another thing that's weird in 2020 is how fast the playoffs are actually progressing because typically they take like five months and now they're just like every other day, we're playing a game, we're playing a game. Let's get through this shit. We have to yeah. compete with the NFL right now. Our ratings are probably plummeting. Yeah, well, it's like back-to-back. Like each game, like you have one night. Well, last night there was no games because the NFL. So they're really getting what they want with the NBA. I feel like they're playing in between the games right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really too worried about the ratings, but honestly... I think that they're doing a great job of just having the games back to back. Like you have one game one night, then the next night you have the other conference play. It's perfect. It works out that way. So I kind of think like, how are they going to have that go into next season where maybe we're playing at our home arenas next year? That's going to be strange. I feel like maybe they can pull it off in a different way. Maybe we'll have a podcast just dedicated to uh, figuring out the playoff scenario for next year. You know, we did that during the pandemic and we swung and missed on literally every scenario we thought that was going to happen going into the bubble before there was even a bubble. So, yeah, uh, Nikolai Jokic, Mother Teresa, I don't know. Um, We'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out. Uh, (laughs) A reminder to all the jamsters out there. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher. If you're watching via live stream, stop by our YouTube page and make sure that you subscribe there and you hit the little bell. So every time we go live with a live stream, you hit the little ding and you can pop in, say hi, leave some comments, say what's up to us. Uh, make sure you follow the the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. All right. Well, I've been missing drinking with my son's buddies. So I got here this this juicy jack oh, IPA Santan <laughs> IPA that somebody huh. left at my house. So I'm gonna pop pop this bad boy <laughs> open and we're gonna talk eh, a little bit of Suns and some Western Conference finals. So as I mentioned, it's great to be back taking a 12-day hiatus from doing a podcast. Sorry, Jamsters. 
that Matthew and I couldn't assist you by giving you your bi-weekly fix of Suns Jam Session. Uh, we did a family in town from Kentucky and California, all over the place. Everybody came for some <laughs> yeah. reason the week after Labor Day to come in and hang out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, shout out to the fam. It was great seeing all you guys go back to your states and uh, we're going to go back to doing some Suns Jam Session stuff. Uh, not too much to talk about with the Phoenix Suns going on. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons we're slowing down the pods just for a little bit, taking a little bit of a break as we get ready for the draft, which has been moved back a month now, right, Matthew? It's November 8th. It's two months to the day yes. that we're recording this. Yeah, they keep moving it back and back and back further and further. So we have like a lot of players already kind of ranked out. We, we've we been studying these guys, but I feel like we're going to kind of push them back towards the draft to where we get kind of amped more for these guys because we got two months to wait. And we got the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, and the NBA Finals, all of that. But we're going to kind of intertwine how these finals um, kind of – you know, they're, how they're related to the Suns in a way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be a great way to like get this podcast started off, right? Yeah, like how we are indirectly linked to the finals, the Western Conference finals, and even the second round. You know, as you see these teams come to their demise, how does it affect the Suns? You know, how's it? Yeah. How, what, what way is the NBA going? I think that's kind of a fun conversation that we'll touch on. Uh, no prospect reviews in this one because I got to admit, Matthew, and we were going to do a little prospect reviews. I'm so sick of looking at fucking prospects because we've been looking at prospects since like March. It's September. It's almost October. There's never been a longer period of looking at prospects in the history of the NBA. And I just like, I want the draft to get here so we can just start, start talking shit about whoever the Suns get, you know? Oh yeah, me too. But we've been doing the prospect thing for like the last six years, you know, it's like, (laughs) which guys are we going to get in the draft? Like that's all we can really look forward to. Um, But it's it's kind of a different season going into this next year. It's kind of like, what can we add to build around Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and the core we have now? So, you know, we don't have to focus too much on the draft. Maybe we'll get our guy, one of our guys. I feel like we'll have our guys going into the draft. Um, But right now I feel like, you know, we just got to, Pay attention to some fun basketball right now. It's been really entertaining, honestly. No, it's it's been quality basketball. And I think that the fun thing about the bubble that's unbelievably unique, it is the great equalizer, right? Like, there's no yeah. home court advantage. So this is really like the true talent of teams playing in a bubble and seeing who's really the best team. Like, you know, before you could make kind of comments, hey, maybe the, uh, the refs blew a call because – they were influenced by the home fans booing at them and, you know, being drunk and talking shit to them the whole time. Now they're just blowing calls <laughs> for the fuck of it. You know, there's yeah. just blowing calls cause they're really yeah. bad. Yeah, no, I know. I feel like maybe cause they're getting more screen time because of the bubble. Like there's more focus on the refs. So they're, they're really doing that fake stuff. Like LeBron brings to the games where he, LeBron has that fake attitude. I feel like that's the refs now. It's like, Oh, there's a call. Take that. This is like, this is my game. This is our game. We're going to call it this way. Hey, that's a flop. If it's a, f- what I hate the most is like when there's a flop, they call it a foul. And then towards the end of the game, the flops don't count. It's like, can we just be consistent for once oh, in our lives on this? Place. It's insane how it's always been that way. But in the bubble, you notice it more because there's not a crowd around. Like you said, you just can focus on the players more and just you can see the game really just how it develops towards the end where the refs are calling it one way. Then they switch it up. I still don't understand why we don't have any explanations why the game is ref the way it is but we'll i don't think we'll ever get that right we, we'll never have the documentary i want where it's behind the scenes and the rest in the locker room you know not taking showers but just in the locker room figuring things out re-watching the game that would be awesome i think that'd be great yeah we'll never get that true understanding we'll never because have that though <laughs> darn <Yeah>. you know <laughs> oh, shucks. i don't have to see tim donaghy in the shower shit <laughs> you know it's human error you know and i guess that's part of the game and one thing i've always said 
uh, and the Suns unfortunately know this all too well, is never put yourself in a position in which the refs are determining the game. Yes. But that's that's how great this competition is going on in the bubble right now. Like every game is close. And then the refs do have to decide it, unfortunately. And we've seen it a little too often. Uh, as we go through and, you know, again, been 12 days since we've done a pod. Uh, there's there's four teams that are now gone, Matthew. Last time we yes. spoke, not all these teams were gone. And it's going to be interesting how all of these teams kind of approach the offseason because clearly they know they need to get better. Uh, they want to go win a championship, I, except the Clippers. Apparently the Clippers don't want to win a championship. Like, did you hear no. Paul George at the end yes. of that game? Yes, yes. How many times are we going to have this at the end of the game? Just like not throwing his team under the bus, but himself in a way where he's just kind of saying, you know, I if we win, we win. We lose, we lose. But it's like, no, dude, like these, this team and this owner like put a lot into, you know, gaining your trust and having you have the opportunity to win a championship with, with Kawhi. And it's probably not going to happen. Of course, maybe who knows not next year, but if it doesn't happen next year, then they're not back the next year. Maybe they go somewhere else. Maybe they get bored. That is something that would drive me insane. It would give me a headache more migraines than ever. If I was a Clippers fan, it would, I feel like, isn't it, is that the saddest ending in the playoffs you've ever seen in a long time where the Clippers are just, eh, we're done. We don't feel like, you know, we don't feel like playing. Basically. Well, I mean, Paul George literally says the wrong thing every time. Like, imagine Devin Booker saying that, saying, you know what, oh, guys? Be terrible. Eh, this wasn't the championship year. We didn't really feel like giving it our all. I mean, it's it's frustrating, man. And and as far as the uh you know, the the team being one of the most disappointing teams ever, or at least yeah. in the past five years, I'd have to say yes. I mean, the expectations with that team are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's a team that really lacked heart. It's so funny because you see like the Miami Heat right now. That's a team that's like 100% heart. That's got uh, yes. Goran Dragic out there just rocking it and, and and carrying the team in the fourth quarter. And Jimmy Buckets not playing a great game, but still fighting with heart and grit. And then you have to watch the Clippers and you're like, what is this abomination? And how much did they give up to put this in place? And how much Everything. of it is a blueprint that is not something to follow? You know, yeah. so, so you look at the Clippers, you know, they're eliminated. They're going to put it together another year. They'll probably tinker with some of those uh, other pieces, but I think they're primarily set. Um, look, going into next yeah, season, they they're the blueprint for that. Milwaukee essentially doesn't want to go down, right? Mm -hmm. Milwaukee doesn't want to have to sit there and go, "Hey, I have to bring in another superstar with uh, Giannis for one year and try to make this thing happen." They're going to. How do you think Milwaukee approaches this offseason? And does any of their cast offs uh, end up playing for the Suns? Oh, not Eric Bledsoe. No, no, please God, no, no, no. Of course, that's not going to happen. Uh, but you know what? They they had a meeting with Giannis. They told him they're going to go over the cap space. And it's funny, the teams that I've actually won, I think it was like the stat eight of the last 10 years or eight out of the last like 12 years or so are they match the cap over the cap to win the championship. So that's what they're going to have to do in Milwaukee. If they want to keep them. They got to pay someone overpay them because no one wants to come to Milwaukee. Right. Right now you're just talking about, I want to be West coast. If I'm East coast, maybe Chicago, maybe New York, uh, maybe Miami, but honestly, no one wants to go to, to Milwaukee. So you have to overpay somebody. It's like, who is that someone going to be? And then plus like, is that somebody going to be good enough for Giannis is it going to be good enough for him to actually resign next year too as well like because you have to think now going into next season I feel like Giannis is going to be there but then the next following um, offseason you're going to have to worry about is Giannis going to come to Phoenix that's the fun part of it but mm -hmm. I don't know who they would get to join this team to have him stay and it, it's not really sad it's just I think these guys want to win a championship quicker than ever they don't want to 
Giannis will put in the work, but they don't want to put in the work to where they have to do it themselves or do it with a bunch of role players. And it's not going to happen like that anymore. Yeah. And everybody, that's why everybody bounces around the NBA is they're trying to find that magical run that'll lead them to a championship. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what you get in its stead is just kind of a bunch of draft picks and, and broken franchises that are crippled. I mean, look at Cleveland, you know, a crippled franchise in an effort to try to get that championship for LeBron. You know, that's been the fun thing over this past week, I guess, is hearing, you know, Giannis unfollowed everybody on the books except his brother. You know, like everybody's overreading into it. Does he want out? Does he not want out? You know, I think the Suns can avoid the Clipper blueprint. You know, if, w- would I want Giannis playing in Phoenix next season? Absolutely. But what I want to avoid is bringing Giannis to Phoenix and giving up the franchise banking on one year. Because, again, look at what the Clippers gave up in an effort to bring Kawhi and PG there for two years. Like, no one's signing baseball contracts right now. You know, 10 years, 45, you know, $450 million. Like, that's not happening in basketball. They're all, to your your same point, they're all trying to win now. Everybody wants to win right now. So they're like, I'm going to do it for two years, try it out. If I don't like it, I'm going somewhere else. And it sucks Mm -hmm. as a fan because – I'm loyal to this team. I'm not loyal. You know, if Devin Booker goes off to another franchise, I'm going to support him. Unless it's like the Spurs or the Lakers, I'm going to support him. Be like, hey, you know, kudos to you, Book. I hope you do well wherever you go. But I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. You know, these guys have no loyalty to the to the, the cities that we love so much. And that's one thing I actually like about the Suns right now is I really feel like we have a team that's loyal to this city and loyal to this fan base. And I think Giannis is one of those players, too. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but honestly, that was him going into this year. He was that player. Now I don't think he is. I think he will really take it upon himself to win a championship and get it get there as quick as he can. But it's crazy because like we have in the comments, like I wouldn't really want Giannis to be here from Nicholas Tan. But I honestly think you say that, but <laughs> yeah, championship in the organic way. Yeah, I'd like to make it, it the organic way. Like yeah. with Denver. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, it might not be enough. But what the Clippers did is they had Kawhi. So Kawhi was a proven champion, and he had to go through he had to go through the Achilles heel, basically of um, of Kevin Durant and um, uh, the other guy too. <laughs> Who's the other one that got hurt? Steph Jeez, Curry, Clay, no, Clay, Clay, Thompson. Clay Thompson. So they both went down. He won a championship. So what you're banking on is you're going to get to the championship with Kawhi, but then you need that extra piece with Paul George, which you don't know for sure if he's a champion or not, or he has what it takes. Obviously, he doesn't. So what you're getting with Giannis is a guy that went to the Western Conference Finals last year, correct? And he he may be a championship guy. He may not be, but he, he puts his heart and soul into the team and to winning. So you can count on that. And you have the guy in Booker too, which I don't feel like he would be maybe uh, it would be tough. Who would be number one? Who would be number two? But honestly, I think if you have Giannis here and you have Booker, those are two guys you saw Booker in the bubble. Those are two guys that are going to win. They're competitive. They're going to give it their all. They're not going to make comments like Paul George. That's going to scare away every other team to try to make this trade for a big successful superstar, which he might've done, but you're not Paul George gave it no effort at all. It's just disappointing. Yeah, Paul George, what happened to that guy? I was never huge. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was never a huge PG-13 fan. Like, when he was in Indiana, he was winning. He became an Olympian. He blew out his leg. He went to OKC. Uh, He was there for a couple years. He kind of shocked everyone by staying there that extra year, essentially. But then he demanded to be traded. Uh, You know, so, I mean, I just, I've never, he's never had that killer instinct. And it's funny when you look at the Clippers, because you have two guys who, although Kawhi has a killer instinct, two just emotionless guys. 
And it's hard to get behind a franchise. You know, those are your yeah. two franchise players. And again, it's just frustrating to hear that. It's like, oh, well, we really didn't think that this was the year. You know, we were just kind of here. It's like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Don't show up to the bubble, bro. Yeah, like, don't, you're here don't for tear theater. out my heart. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, especially Clippers fans. Come on. If you're going to do that somewhere, go to LA, like the Lakers. Oh, go to LA. <laughs> They're in LA. Go to the yeah. Lakers to do that. You know, don't go to the Clippers. Those poor fans. Never got anything. Stat? Like what was the, their record uh, trying to get into Western Conference Finals? Not NBA Finals. Western Conference Finals oh, is like yeah. 0 and 8 or something in their franchise. Yeah, like, oh, bad. man, that Never hurts so bad. So you yeah. look at uh, some of the other teams that were eliminated this past week. The Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. uh, lost to the Boston Celtics. That was a really fun series to watch. Um, you know, Boston down currently 0-2 to the Heat, which we'll talk about here momentarily. But the Raptors are one of those really good teams that I really enjoyed watching because I think that they were very well coached. Do you think that they try to bring it back next year or is it kind of, or, or is now the time that we can get Serge Ibaka? Cause I think he's a free agent. Yeah. He's a free agent. So, I mean, yeah. Would you like, cause we've talked about in the past, like we both like Serge Ibaka, and I'd like to have Ibaka on, yeah. the, on, the, on the bench. Yeah, definitely. I like Ibaka. He, uh, he's a guy that can definitely bring that experience to the team. He can bring basically, a lot that like kind of DeAndre, DeAndre A can do shot blocking. He can shoot the three. He's not honestly, he's not too good at really um, just banging down low anymore. He's more just spreading the floor, which is perfect. I think he would be a great fit coming off the bench. I think the thing is, I think he will probably make as much. I feel like as Aaron Baines will next year, mm-hmm. like on a contract, but would you rather have a Baca on the same? Like what if it's like 15 mil a year or 12? And that's what Aaron Baines is going to get. Who would you rather have in that situation? Ooh, that is a good question. Because I, I feel like Ibaka does more, though. Yeah, it, like so if, if it's a one- or two-year deal, like I'm taking Ibaka over Baines because I know I'm going to get better defense. Now, granted, Serge Ibaka's older and his defense is a little bit muted, but I think he'd be a great addition to the team. I love Aaron Baines. Uh, so Aaron Baines fan club, the Twitter, yeah, don't, 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 don't at me. Don't get mad at me. But I'd love to bring Serge Ibaka here. I just think that he is... He'd be a great veteran presence. You know, we're talking about not building this team through the draft anymore. I think that, I mean, our comments on our live stream, people are saying it too. You know, I'm done, uh, you know, uh, Boyd. Uh, yeah, I'm done with the draft for now. I'm with you, Boyd. Like, I think we're all tired with the draft. We want some proven guys playing for us. And I think Abaka is somebody who, as Toronto starts to see the sun set on their championship run last year and their run this year and starts to kind of figure out what's next in their franchise and try to figure out some of their contracts, Serge Ibaka is a guy that potentially the, the Suns could be interested mm-hmm. in. It's it, it comes down to whether or not he's interested in the Suns. And we're developing yeah. a culture here where, again, I've said this before, and we say this at the end of every offseason, Matthew, this is the most important offseason in Phoenix Suns <laughs> history. Yeah. Because now we're really going to see how like free agents view us. Like, mm-hmm. Are we a team that does have that culture that we all see and we're referencing? Like, Is that permeating throughout the league and we're seeing that with interested free agents or are we going to end up with you know like glenn robinson the third or something you know i mean so we'll really kind of see what our power is but abaka is somebody who i would thoroughly enjoy having on the team and i would take even if it's on 12 to 15 million dollar deal if it's for one or two seasons i would take over aaron baines 
Oh yeah, definitely. And um, what the Raptors can do too is if they want a pick, they can trade some of these players away that they have for some picks because they feel like they have a good culture there. I mean, not a lot of players want to go to Toronto. I mean, over Phoenix, I feel like you would want to play in Phoenix, right? You would rather come here. This offseason, there's not too much big superstars that are going to be out there, but yeah. um, I think Phoenix is a place where players would want to be over Toronto, but Toronto already has something there. They can bring in anybody and they can win. They can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals probably every year now. Yeah, Nick Nurse, hell of a coach. Yeah. Um, Houston Rockets, obviously, they're blowing that up. Oh. I mean, Dan Tony's already gone. Where does Dan Tony end up, in your opinion? Oh, man. You know, I was thinking about this other night. I'm like, where could he land that would be perfect? And I totally forgot. <laughs> I should have <laughs> wrote it down because I thought of a perfect team, but I, I'll let you know next podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I got the I gotta, perfect gotta, team gotta, right now. I got to do some mushrooms and meditate and all that, you know, mm-hmm. just get that thought back. But um, yeah, who turn do, the who lights do you, down do low, get at one with the Zen, be like <laughs> Mike D'Antoni. You're, you're thinking of a New Orleans. Oh, that was a team. That is crazy. That is exactly the team I was thinking. But what is it? Lonzo Ball going to be there still? I think if you bring D'Antoni in, he'll all of a sudden start to smile a little bit more, and he'll be he knows that <laughs> yeah. he has a, he has a yeah. guy who's going to put full faith in his ability to run the team, and I think that he would really be uh, uh, benefited by having D'Antoni there. I think Zion again. I'm not so sure about Zion. I think it's something we've been mm. talking about since the draft last year. It's like, hey, the guy just kind of runs funny. Uh, so we'll see how his weight yeah, is just kind of circles. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. You know, but and D'Antonio is going to try to run the shit out of him. But I think that him with Brandon Ingram and, and Zoe uh, mm. and Drew Holiday, I mean, I think that could really be a fun team. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez in the chat says the Pacers. What do you think about him playing or coaching the Pacers? Although Olin Depot, if he's healthy, that would be fun as hell. And you know how much I love Brogdon. I love that team. Um, mm-hmm. They're not they're not too big, but they're they're big. It's it's weird when you look at the Pacers, like they're not huge, but they're they're big. Like I don't know if that makes any sense, but they can really throw some people around, dude. And they can shoot and they can play make. They can do a lot there. You got TJ Warren that won't pass the ball, but they <laughs> they have a lot there to work with. I I like the New Orleans team though. I like that team for Mike D'Antoni next yeah. if if he doesn't retire so what do the rockets do with oh, westbrook and harden i mean yeah. i could totally see like harden ending up in la the clippers version and like a trade with paul george and him playing out there i mean the rockets are gonna blow I it up that, yeah they're gonna blow it up no no they have to it's just it, it's the, strange the experiment's done it is it, it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen i mean um they have a bunch of players where you think they wouldn't get any anywhere but Harden at Westbrook. Westbrook, I guess, said he was hurt, something like that. I just don't think you can bring that back and do it again. Do you think, like, even James Harden will be traded for another superstar? You think he'll be traded for somebody? Do you think he'll even want out? What if, what if Harden had the opportunity to come to Phoenix? What would we give up to get him? Everything, like a Giannis trade, or no? Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to get give up the franchise to get him here. Yeah, I mean, would you, I just, would you want that? I don't no. think so. I don't know. I, don't think I just. So either. You know, we've never really seen James Harden, and we've talked about this before, but we've never Mm -hmm. really seen James Harden play with the right guy next to him. It's like he has Chris Paul next to him, so a defensive point guard, and then you have Russell Westbrook playing next to him, like an offensive point guard, and you go even further back, it's like him and like Dwight Howard, who's not really an offensive guy. So, I mean, the Suns, if if, if the the pieces fell fell right, it'd be a nice place for him because it'd be him. Yeah. Hopefully, you'd still have Booker. Uh, but, you know, Booker's more of a two-guard, a true two-guard versus another point guard. So it'd be interesting. I think it's got to be superstar for superstar. Um, I think so, I, too. Yeah. And I think it's like Paul George, uh, maybe Philly. You know, Philly's looking to do something. 
You know, I, I know they'll stay with Joel Embiid, you know, but that Tobias Harris contract is dog shit. That Alpha Horford contract is dog shit. But those are the kind of contracts that you can trade and maybe potentially yeah. do something with Harden. So those are the kind of the two teams that have a lot of big names and big contracts that could move some things around just to try something uh, different. You know, it's funny in, in the chat, you know, people, Harden, no. <laughs> Or you is know, it New Orleans? Is it? Uh, oh, Harlan's New sure. Orleans. Okay, yeah, there maybe, you go. <laughs> no. you know, what, well, what fans well, would be happy happy to have Westbrook? And then Nikki yeah. Tan says, "I wouldn't want Westbrook here, honestly." You know, so that's the other yeah, side. It's no. like if Harden does no stay, does. is Westbrook the guy who gets excommunicated from Houston and ends up somewhere? His, yeah. you know, would you like him here? No, no, I feel bad for Westbrook though. I feel like it just—I've never seen a player like that go into a playoff series and be like, "I can't help." I always was rooting for it. Just put him at center. I feel like Westbrook down under the paint. Yeah, he was unstoppable in the paint. He was he was elbowing everyone down there. He was getting boards. I'm not even lying, dude. If there was one team that he would be center for, it would be that team. And that's what they should have done. I, I swear he was killing it down there. He couldn't shoot any further from the paint. So just keep him down there. <laughs> I guess. West yeah. Bay, he, guy couldn't shoot threes. That was an ugly series, man. That was another series where... I feel like a team just lacked heart. You know, that's two teams it in was. the West that lost. You know, where, where like Toronto played hard. You know, they, they were trying. They were trying to win. They forced it to a game seven. Uh, the Bucks were just shell shocked by the Heat. But the two teams in the West were just like that lackadaisical effort. It's just. It's something I yeah, I'm but the not Lakers the Lakers were just so good. I don't think they would have beat the Lakers even with their best efforts because, I, of course, I picked the Lakers won the championship. I mean, you got two of the top three players playing. It's hard, dude, especially if you have your other star in Westbrook that's an All Star this year, not being able to like participate in the game. You're gonna lose. That's just the that's what you're seeing with the shrugged shoulders, um, the the poor like posture they had on the court mm -hmm. all of that it's because they knew it was just it was over there's nothing they can do to stop the lakers and the double incentive behind that is like as you're getting your ass kicked you're like you know what this sucks we're fucking losing but i will be on a plane tonight and at home for the first time in two and a half months yes. so you really start to see you know when those teams are starting to lose they they're conceding and we saw that numerous times in round two so, you know, round two's over. The Raptors, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Rockets, they're all gone. So we're left with the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's really one reason I wanted to bring this up. This is really two differing styles of play in each conference, a juxtaposition, if you will, Matthew. If you look at the Eastern Conference, you have two teams in the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat that are not center heavy. Okay, Bam Adebayo is probably the best center in that series. Well, he is the best center in that series uh, because Thice isn't, you know, a, a all star in any way, shape, or, or form. Back. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and then so you look at kind of the small ball dream that Houston kind of wanted to be minus mm -hmm. you know fifty seven threes a game is being played out in the East, and then in the West you have. Nikolai Jokic going against Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and a lot of big bodies and centers. And I find it interesting because the two different styles, uh, is that the cops coming to get you again? Yeah, little sound effects, dude. You love See, it, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what you from mentioning shrooms on a live stream, dude. Like they're going to be like <laughs> yeah. knocking at the door, be like, excuse me, yeah. sir. Uh, <laughs> they're portobellos. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the two differing styles and i i'm really interested to see kind of like who conquers all yeah because you go back the past five years and obviously the the golden state warriors kind of dictated pace on what the nba should be with all the threes uh and then houston kind of is like well we're gonna follow that blueprint 
unbelievably, and now it's destroyed them. But if you have like centers kind of becoming more of the force in the league once again, the Suns are set up nicely because we have a dominant center who's going to continue to get better. Oh, so yeah. that's what I'm kind of uh, looking at at both of these series as they play out. What are your thoughts on that? It's interesting because um, KOC, one of our favorites, actually tweeted out it's positionless basketball. It really is. He goes over that over and over and over again. I mean, you can say the size uh, matters in the West, but Giggity. honestly, yeah, you have. I was just waiting for that. So, but you have Anthony Davis. I feel like he plays small. When I watch Anthony Davis, I'm not saying DeAndre is him, but his game is kind of like DeAndre in a way to where he'll shoot the jump shot. And then he'll actually take his defender down low and just try to shoot it over him. And that's a lot of what DeAndre Ayton's trying to do. He just has to be efficient with it. And I just think that if you're talking about the way the teams match up to the East and the West, Adebayo, too, as well, reminds me a lot of DeAndre Ayton running the offense. He can rem- he reminds me of what DeAndre Ayton maybe can be, but they're mm-hmm. st- statistically, they're about the same. Statistically, yes. But I think Bam is just his IQs higher than DeAndre Ayton right now. But they run the offense almost the same exact way. It's like a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of picks he sets. It's like, Bam, just take it to the basket. But no, no, he hands it off like DeAndre Ayton and sets up the play, but finishes the play. And that's what DeAndre Ayton, I feel like, has to learn. But, um, dude, I, I love the teams we have right now. I love the Heat versus Celtics. And I love the Nuggets because they actually give a crap versus the Lakers. So, I mean, it's it's a good time all around. <laughs> so so which uh, which conference final do you want to start talking about first? East or West, you tell me. Let's go, let's go East. Let's okay, go East. let's go East. Yeah, that's the one I'm actually more intrigued with right now. Me too, be- yeah. Because uh, that's my only team that's left. I mean, I believe you said the Lakers and the Bucks in the finals is that what you said yeah okay so your bucks are gone and then i Mm -hmm. said the clippers versus celtics and the clippers are gone so the celts are kind of the only team i have left in that stupid non-descript bet that doesn't garner (laughs) any results or anything earlier uh but i'm i'm kind of you know we were sitting there watching the game the other night and you're like are you going for the celtics still because you called them it's like not really like i really like miami the way that miami plays ball i love how they have heart i love how they have grit i love that they have, you know, Goran still scoring in his old age. Oh, he's I lo- killing I, it. I love Bam Adebayo. Uh, and this is our first really, you know, the, we, we know them a little bit because the Suns did play this team in the bubble. So we had an opportunity to kind of review them and speak with some of their writers on their uh, SB Nation site. So we were very excited to hear kind of what their perception was of that team. And now that we're kind of everybody seeing it, you're just like, wow. Like, if you want to talk about a team that's going to, if, if they win the championship, if the Heat win the championship, they instantly, instantly become the blueprint for the NBA. Because Always. That's, yeah. Yeah. But, ahead, they, but, but, but they are the closest thing, I feel like, to the Golden State Warriors. You know, they have a center, you know, who was never really the focal point of the offense in uh, Golden State, but it's nothing but shooters. And then guys that play defense, you got Jimmy buckets, who is a shooter who plays defense in this physical. You have Duncan Robinson, who looks like he should be, you know, on the, like he was knocking on my door the other day, trying to, you know, have I read the book of Mormon? You know, like I felt like, and it's, he's out there just nailing threes. (laughs) Tyler hero. Let's let, let, let's talk about Tyler hero. What did uh, Dan Levitard say about him the other day? Oh, you listen to that show? No, I'm just kidding. This is my show. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the number one sports show in the world, I guess. But anyways, I guess. So the thing is, Tyler here, they love him over there. Of course they do. But the thing is, they want to compare him to Devin Booker and say he's, they say he can be better than Booker. They say he can be a better Devin Booker. So that's interesting to say because actually their stats kind of compared in the, in the first year. You know, Devin Booker was 13 points per game, 34% from three. 
in 76 games. And then Tyler Hero, 13 points per game, 38% from three. But then also he's not really the vocal point either. But he's a guy that's surprising everybody. And it, what's really cool is they got him like later in the draft, like Booker. He's already going to be a superstar, they're saying. I see the confidence. You remember the first matchup where Hero wanted to guard Devin Booker that game? He told Jimmy Butler, I'm going to guard Devin Booker this game. Like, you can't tell me no. And he did. And he did a great job. Very confident guy. He actually, I feel like he won that game over Booker. And I think it was just that confidence that kind of struck Booker. Like, oh, wow, this guy actually has it. And that hits everybody that way. It's like everybody doesn't expect it. You got these baby faces. They have these little the chinny hairs. And they're <laughs> killing it. They're going to be superstars. And that's the Devin Booker trend. You know, they got the baby faces, the little facial hairs. And then they're going to be superstars. And they're fucking Jenners, you know? Yes. So, so do you think that he could be better than Devin Booker? Is it weird, though, when they played each other? The first time I kind of thought I'm like, well, this guy might be better than Devin Booker. I actually thought that before I was scared of him. I didn't want Devin Booker to go head to head with this guy because I thought this guy might be not right now. I'm just saying, I think in the future, of course, within three or four years, he might be because I don't, he does everything in the game. He'll do everything for this team and he, to get to start with the heat in this culture and not to be Devin Booker in a losing culture. That helps even more. You are just right from the bat. You're working your ass off. You're in the hotel room like Jimmy Butler the other night, just banging on the floor, but he's just doing weights. He's doing weights. No one's invited to the to the actual bubble to see him. They're working their asses off. And that's Tyler Hero. That's what he gets with this team. And that's the edge he has over Devin Booker. Well, Boyd says, Lissy, you're going to make me hate Hero. Sorry. <laughs> you know, the, no, he's fun to root and he's in the East. But, but I, I agree with you that situationally, because it's so hard. That's such a, a subjective term, like better. Will he be better than Devin Booker? Booker's not even done becoming who he's going to be. Tyler Hero exactly. absolutely has potential. He's going to be, a, he's clearly a better rebounder. He's a fantastic shooter, but he's also in an amazing situation. The kid's in, a, in his rookie year and playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, meaningful minutes, and he's hitting them. You know, he's hitting those big shots. Devin Booker's most meaningful minutes were against the Clippers in the bubble, you know, yeah. trying to make the, get this team in the playoffs. So it's going to be such – like, I, I don't know if you could ever say truly better. More successful might be the better way to, pro, to approach it. You know, Tyler Hero is probably going to be more successful because he's coming to a situation that isn't completely fucked like it was when Booker came into here with a team that didn't have an identity and is trying to figure out who they are, what they are, what they want to do. You know, they have Pat Riley as the GM over there in Miami. He has a proven system. He likes certain kind of guys. He brings them in. And guess what? They're being successful. And they're really fun to watch. Bam Adebayo is fun to watch. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. I mean, the, the rebounding that he was doing in the last game against Boston when they were really getting out rebounded out muscled and outplayed in the first half. Tyler here was part of that force that came and helped them win that game. Ultimately. And they're up 2 0 on the Boston Celtics, which I didn't think was going to happen. Now, granted the games tomorrow, Boston, I feel is going to win that game. And then we're kind of going to have this back and forth and it might end up in seven, but Tyler hero being better than Devin Booker someday, maybe, but we don't even know what Devin Booker's ceiling is yet. It's, it's huge right now. It's, it's like vaulted ceilings in my living room. It's, you know, it's both not players. like, yeah, both players. And that, both, that's, yeah, yeah, that, no that's fun. That's fun. It is fun. Yeah. yeah. And Raymond Gonzalez says it right in the chat. You know, here isn't the first or second, op second option on the heat. Like Booker's had to be all this time. He, it makes him a different kind of player parentally having to be like the guy every year on a team that's always changing around him. So hero has the luxury of trying to 
develop who he wants to be and what he wants to do with this team. And ultimately it's going to determine whether or not he's successful or not. Uh, who do you think wins that series? Cause it's, it's, I feel like it's, I don't know. It's tough, man. Like the, he you could sweep count. him or it could go to seven. Like, I don't even know which way it's going to go. No, it, it's kind of weird because you don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. There's a, there's a tussle in the locker room. You hear people yelling yeah. and stuff. That's the best over after going down. Oh, two, a team is just like fighting each other in the locker room. So Whereas the Clippers are just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I know. I know exactly that. That's the difference, man. But you can't count them out. And the other player on the other side for the Boston Celtics is Jason Tatum. And you hear a lot. He made the third team all NBA. He, you hear a lot that he's already better than Devin Booker. I hear that a lot. And I don't know why, but for some reason, people think he is. And I can't get over the fact, I just don't know what he is. Like, what kind of player is he? And like, he is he clutch? He is. I, that's a thing. Like, let and him no, develop. he's not clutch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let him develop. It's like the opposite of Booker, like where Booker just had the opportunity to develop. Tatum, he's an all-star like rookie year. He's going to be a superstar right away. Now it's just like if he can't perform and he can't score in the playoffs, he can't make he he's throwing passes all over the place. It's just like let this guy learn. I hope it doesn't crush him too much. If they lose this series, of course he'll come back, but he can't expect to be that great so soon. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. I, I just I don't know what he is yet. So I know it's really weird to say, but that's just what I think about him. Well, Jason Tatum, no, you you nailed the the nail on the, the nail on the head. You nailed, nailed the, nail the nail on the head. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, he's like, look at Hero and then look at Jason Tatum even. You know, both have come into these situations in which there's solid franchises around them and they've performed. But the difference yeah. is Jason Tatum, like when the, the like he's quote unquote the guy, even though you got Kemba Walker on the team who I wouldn't necessarily say is the guy. But no. even uh, Jalen Brown's, in my opinion, more experienced, more cerebral, makes better decisions. Like he's the better player out of him and, and Tatum. But like Tatum's got the the Gatorade commercial, and Tatum's walking around, you know, uh, trying to sell me a BMW or something. And it's like because the media uh, and the sports media is trying to I, I, fake news. <laughs> I feel like because the media is telling us that Jason Tatum's so great, now there's expectations that he should be great, yeah. and he's still what a third year player, second third year player. And he's still yeah. got a lot of Josh growing Jackson to do. Is. And and again, you don't know what he's... Is he 6'8"? Like, he is very tall. He's very athletic. And he doesn't really fit a specific mm -hmm. mold. You know, like you said, KOC. Positionless basketball. He's great for positionless basketball. But when you start to shovel all the expectations on him, and the team is even saying, hey, listen, it's tied. I need you to shoot a three. Uh, with eight seconds left in the game, and he just sits there and dribbles, or you like you have the ball with eight with eight seconds left, and he just sits there, dribbles, dribbles, and takes a thirty three footer. It's just like I don't know. I just I don't have a lot of faith in Tatum because I still think that he has a lot of growing to do. I don't think he's nearly he as great as everybody so gives him young. credit for. He is, and I think he's a he is a good player, but I don't think he is an all NBA player. I really don't like you watch the decision making he has. I mean, he's the guy who. In uh, I think it was Game Six or Game Seven uh, against the Raptors. It was Game Six where like he's throwing the ball away to Nick Nurse on the sideline. Like he's going down. He's doing the Bledsoe plays where he drives to the lane, is fucked, and doesn't know what to do because he doesn't see the court. He's just so focused on trying to put the ball in the rim. And then he's the guy who gets Bam out of bioed. I mean, wasn't that the greatest block you've ever seen? Oh, it's amazing. It, it's funny. It came like right after Kawhi blocked with his middle finger. Almost the yeah. same. Like yeah, you know what I mean. And it was out of nowhere. He he seriously came out of nowhere. And um, I think 
that's the thing. It's like Jason Tatum, like there's a look in his eye between him and Hero. You can just look at him on the court, the way they're playing, and it's probably just a heat mentality that the Heat have, I guess. But if this look, he just seems confident. Like you can trust the guy. Tatum just doesn't have that trust look yet. It's just still a scared look, and it sucks because we all have it. People can see it in us. And to be in those situations where it's like you got to win this, you got to go to the championship this year, or else you know you're gonna get bashed all off season, Jason Tatum. But just like, just I hope he can relax and just like he, they can get through this series. And I think they can still win. That's why I still have it up in the air, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win in six. It just, you know what I mean. That's just the way these players have been. Mm-hmm. So again, on the Eastern Conference side, <laughs> you have two teams that are playing a little bit of the small ball. Uh, the Heat most are what the Suns most resemble, a team that's got shooters, a team that uh, has an unbelievably athletic big, although our, our big is more is taller. Uh, I want to say he's nearly as aggressive. He's a lot more finesse than Bam is. But you know, if, if the whole NBA is trying to go this way and Miami wins the championship, I feel like Phoenix is kind of on that, that pathway, if you will, to becoming something like that. It's a blueprint for James Jones to look at and go, okay, this is kind of how to win in the NBA. You got to get, you got to play defense. You got to have grit. You got to have toughness. You have to have togetherness, which is something that the Suns definitely put together in the bubble. And you got to have, uh, you know, the Devin Booker types with the Bam Adebayo types and the DeAndre Ayton types. If you look at the Western Conference, you have the the Jazz, uh, the Jazz, the Nuggets. The Nuggets. They're the same team, yeah. whatever. The Nuggets, who are down 3-1 to the Jazz, who are down 3-1 to the Clippers, come all the way back in both fucking series, and now they're playing the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't know what the final score of that game is. We decided to start the pod a little bit early because they were down like 30 in the fourth. I will say that the refereeing in that game was absolute dog shit. There's too many whistles. They were getting everybody in foul trouble on um, the Denver Nuggets, but I still think that that is a series that says, hey, centers still matter, right? Yeah, but I've always been opposite to where I don't worry about that stuff. Like, honestly, again, positionless basketball. But yeah, Lakers won 126-114. Um, but Ooh, they so it back a centers bit. still matter. But like, it's funny because Anthony Davis plays a four. Jokic, he, he's a big dude, but he's not a typical center. You'll never see another guy like him. You'll never see another guy like Anthony Davis. Really. These guys are just so unique in a way. And uh, what, what uh, Aiden can take away from Jokic. Cause I think Aiden's going to be a great passer. And I think if Aiden just settles down a little bit, like Jokic does, even though he says he's just super slow. So it works out for him, especially like when they're playing the Clippers and they're down three, one, they come back, but you, you have that fight within the, okay. So what it is, is the nuggets, will get what they want on offense because they take their time. And then on the other end, you had the Clippers where it's just basically like you can't count on Kawhi. You can't count on Paul George. So you don't have to worry about that, really. So then that worked out in their favor. So it's going to be interesting to see Jokic versus AD, even though they don't really pay the, play the same position. I just think that what the Sun's going to take away from this is Aiden is kind of like AD and kind of like Jokic in a way. Mm-hmm. He can take parts from their games, which is great. And it just it makes the Suns in such a great situation next year, dude, with these guys that they have. And I just I love watching the Lakers and the Nuggets go head to head. I kind of like it more than what the Clippers would have been in a way, just because there's more emotion. You have Jamal Murray on the other end too, that's talking crap. So that's awesome. Cause you know, if you have Kawhi there, it's gonna be basically pointless and they're just gonna be quiet the whole time. And Paul George will probably pout because he's depressed like everybody else in the world. But anyways, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> well, Nikola Jokic is Mother Teresa. 
because no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's again, it, it's fun to watch because you know you say positionless basketball, and the reason I keep bringing it up is because that's been a lot of the narrative recently. Is like, is. is the center position dead? It doesn't matter, you know. And seen as the Suns, you know, drafted with their number one pick, a center, like, did we make the right move and all that bullshit that everybody talks about? But I think the versatility of Aiton, he plays almost like like every one of these teams is. I see part of the sun's in it and I see an avenue to success for James Jones. If he just kind of picks one of those avenues and goes with it and says, Hey, you know, we are a finesse team. We're not an overly physical team. So let's really focus on finesse and defense and shooting. Or do we want to be more like Denver and have that big, that's we're running a lot of the offense through because Aiton can't pass the ball. Cause that's what makes, makes Jokic so successful. This series is going to come down to Jamal Murray. It honestly is. Like his disappearing act in this in the last series that he played in versus the first series against Utah where he was dropping like 50 every night because there's just no defense in that one because Donovan Mitchell, as great as he is, can't play any fucking defense. Um, it's completely going to come down to Jamal Murray because they're going to do everything they can to neutralize Jokic. They have the guys to throw at him that the Clippers couldn't. couldn't. Like the, the Clippers kept trying to throw like Zubak on him and like Paul George, and they kept oh, trying to do double teams. Horrendous. And he and he just picked him apart. He's taller than him, and he could see over all of them. He just pick, picked him apart. Like when it comes to the Lakers, like once Jokic was in there with uh, Dwight Howard tonight, like Dwight Howard just dominated him. He was physically got right up under his grill and just annoyed him and got him in foul trouble early. So it's really going to come down to Jamal Murray which is like, you know, Devin Booker. It's those Devin Booker series. And I can't wait till we get to the playoffs and we're like, okay, this has got to be a D-Book series. This has got to be a DeAndre Ayton series. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, I mean, because it's going to happen, man. Like, it's it, it's in the future. The Suns are looking great. I'm really interested to see what they do with this offseason. But this has got to be the next year where they make the playoffs. And when you look at these teams that are in the Western Conference Finals, I see a lot of similarities with especially Denver. Like, I feel like Denver, homegrown team. You know, they drafted all their guys. In fact, they drafted so many guys, they were trading guys away because they – just couldn't pay him. And I think that, you know, you have that team playing against the team that is completely and utterly purchased. Like, you know, uh, the GM Palinka over there in LA, like just went on Amazon. He's like, Hmm, let me get one LeBron. Uh, uh, I don't need this Kuzma or I don't need this Alonzo ball anymore. Let me get an AD. And, and like, it got delivered to his house. And now they're in the fucking Western conference finals, mm-hmm. two completely differing yeah. uh, strategies. And obviously the Suns are going to go down the homegrown route, hoping we get maybe a good free agent this offseason, knowing that there's not a lot of great free agents. Yeah, and hopefully we're right in the middle because honestly, I feel like Phoenix might be a place players want to play. But honestly, I like the homegrown guys. And, you know, you, you don't blame them for wanting to get out of some places, but that team they put together over with the Nuggets is great. I just think it takes time. It's a slower offense. It's really a lot of what we've never seen in the NBA with this offense. You just have a guy that scores 50 and then some other guy that's – seven feet tall that can just pass over everybody get everybody in foul trouble his matchups his iq with his matchups Jokic, yeah it's just insane how he can just draw the foul but not be a little b about it like Doncic. you know what i mean like he can draw the foul do his little prayer and all that and we're all good but honestly i dude so we're homegrown but i seriously think the sun's gonna get somebody big here I, I think we can, and I think it's... But do you think it's this offseason or next? No, it's, because it's next. Yeah. It's next. There, I don't think there... Do you think there's going to be a lot of moving around, though, with teams? Like, a lot of trades or anything? I, don't, I do. I honestly do, because, again, we go well, we back just to what through, we talked... Yeah. yeah. You the look Rockets. at the teams that are close to getting to a conference finals. Like, it's one thing to lose in the conference finals. I mean, we know that as Suns fans. And even then, you're like, okay, we need to tweak some things if we want to get to the NBA finals. Like, when you lose in the second round you are scrambling because you know you're close to getting to a conference finals 
and you need to add a piece or subtract a piece. And sometimes brash decisions are made in an effort to do so. Like there's no way that Houston doesn't blow it up. There's no way that Philly doesn't make one big splash. They've got four huge contracts that they got to do something with it yeah. in an effort to try to make themselves successful, not only next year, but in the long run. So, I mean, uh, there's going to be trades. Like that's how it always is. Like you're like, this is going to be a slow off season. We don't know what the cap room is going to be. I don't really think anything is going to Bam. Somebody gets traded, you know, and it's just curveball. I love it. That's what makes the NBA so fun and exciting. It just sucks that they throw it. What the, is there a plane going off in your backyard? Yeah. No, I've heard it. Oh, Sorry. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, so did mother Teresa at times, oh, well. but that's what makes the NBA so fun. And exciting. It just sucks that they moved it back another month. Uh, I was really looking forward to like free agency and the graft and like one month. It was supposed to be one month from today because we're recording yeah. this on Friday night and we have to wait two months now from today. Yeah. Son so of a bitch. It, <laughs> but we always, we find things to talk about, dude. I mean, you can relate the Suns to anything. Um, the playoffs are such a great example because a lot of these teams, you can see the Suns, like you were saying, it's just that effort. The Suns have to put into the winning culture and that's what we're building here. So we should be there pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about NBA awards? Oh yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, let's <laughs> drop a yeah. little bit about this. Uh, not too much to say. The Suns didn't make any of the All NBA teams. Shocking. What? <laughs> uh, Devin Booker received three votes for third team All NBA. So hey, we're on our way. Um, <laughs> is there anybody that he could have replaced on the All Third uh, NBA team? Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook. You know, it's it's tough, dude, because Russell Westbrook, of course, what that's the guy you thought, right? To replace in a way. No, but you, it's J- you Jason Tatum. Oh, oh whatever. But uh, they're <laughs> they're they're winning they're winning teams though. That's that's all it yeah, is. I, I wasn't surprised. To. I wasn't surprised he didn't make it. I mean, he he probably will next year. That's what we say every year. But honestly, these guys are great that earn their spot. Uh Russell Westbrook, maybe, but I mean, if you're winning, you're going to the playoffs, you're number four, three seed. You're you're gonna you're gonna make the all all third team all NBA team. So glad uh, Trey Young didn't end up on an all NBA team because I would have <laughs> lost my fucking mind. Because like I know I was pissed on the <laughs> oh, last sure. podcast about yeah. him being on two K. I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody uh, probably not too long ago over the weekend. God, who? Oh, it was uh, it was Hayden. I was talking to Hayden about Trey Young, and he's like, "Dude, Trey Young's fucking awesome." I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. And I just like started spouting <laughs> all these stats. He's like. Oh yeah, I forgot you and Matthew have a podcast. Like you probably researched this shit. I'm like, yes, I do. And Trey Young getting a 90 overall is ridiculous shit. Just because he shoots it a ton doesn't make him great at it. Like I don't understand that. So uh, he sends yeah, out great gotta, tweets, though. Really yeah, good tweets. Yeah, but you know what? Comb your hair, Trey Young. Comb your hair. You can't. Um, you want to talk about our dumb trade of the week, Matthew? Let's do it. Let's drop it. Dumb trade of the week. All right, our dumb trade of the week. This one comes via Facebook. Now, obviously, there's a lot of trades that are kind of circulating out there. Uh, a lot of them are actually kind of good. If you take a look at like what Bleacher Report puts out, generally, it's turtle shit. Um, but right now, they're actually putting, <laughs> putting together some decent-looking trades, if you will. Uh, but then if you want to find anything that's really fucked up, just hang out at one of some of the Facebook sites. Um, this one comes from Joshua Payne, from, and he put this on Phoenix Suns Nation, which is, is actually probably my favorite uh, Suns um, Facebook group. And he says, I know you all going to hate the trade machine, but hear me out. Now, getting Lou was a little extra, but we can take him off and the trade still works. If you want Lou, probably throw in some future first rounds to the Clippers, blah, blah, blah. So essentially what he says is the Suns receive Lou Williams, Avaka Zubac, and Larry Markinen. Okay, so two Clippers and a bull. The Clippers get Zach Levine and Kelly Oubre. 
the Chicago Bulls get Paul George. Who's that bad for? <laughs> I think that's a pretty even trade oh. right across the board, man. So maybe it is. So <laughs> I, I so, kind of like so, this. So, so has got to come in and play your backup center. I like that. Lou like Williams, that. backup two guard. I like that. I like that. Laurie Marketing. <laughs> I like this. Okay, so good trade, good trade of the good week. Trade. Good trade. I love week. this trade. I w- I was like, I looked at it ten times. I'm like, wait, is this really a dumb trade? There's no way because you're just giving up Kelly Oubre, uh, maybe a pick. But honestly, I mean, that's fine because I I just think even across the board, the Bulls get Paul George. That'd be great for them. And then LA Clippers get uh, Zach Levine on Kelly Oubre. That'd be cool. A cool little mix there. Um, I like this trade a lot. Yeah, and I'm I'm we just don't have something that says like smart trade of the week. So we had to go with that. Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah. Let's gotcha. see if I, <laughs> let's see if I can <laughs> see if I can share my screen real quick. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to try to share the Careful. screen. Careful. Yeah. What you got on Careful. There. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's a good trade. Um, does anybody in the, in the chat think that that's a good trade? So again, the sun's all we have to give up apparently is Kelly Oubre in this trade. This is why it's dumb. It will yeah. fucking work. That's why it's dumb. That's why I put it in there. The sons would get Lou Williams, Avaka Zubach and Laurie Markkinen. Uh, That'd be, Oh man. And, and, and all we have to give up is Kelly Oubre. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's I'm crazy. with cards. Took that W Lol. Yeah, LOL. I'm lulling that one. Like all we have to give up is Kelly Oubre. And somehow we get Lou Williams, Avaka Zubak, and Larry Markkinen. The Bulls get Paul George. The Clippers get Zach Levine and Kelly Oubre. Like, it would suck to have Kelly Oubre be yeah. on the, uh, the Clippers and, like, have to play against him. Like, every time you play him, it's just, like, sad. He's blowing kisses at us. And you're like, those used to be for me. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, dude, I... I, I would like tan dumb. I love it. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is dumb. Thanks this a lot. This podcast is dumb. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, let's hit a mailbag question. This comes from Shopa Dahape, and he says, "Was Sean Marion the best defender of all time to never make an All Defensive Team, Matthew?" Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, probably. But it's funny because Roger Bell was actually on the Bill Simmons. Did you hear that the podcast he was on with Bill Simmons? Yeah, and he was talking about the Defensive Player of the Year award when he won or didn't win, but he was an All Defensive Player, and like they couldn't say anything in front of Sean Marion because he would get his butt hurt. Because <laughs> he would, he would defend his butt yeah. off all year and never get the awards. So honestly, yep. yeah, he probably is. Um, but I just, I think that's a great story, dude. Because of how Sean Marion was, like he thought he deserved everything, and then everything hurt his feelings and all that stuff. So I thought it was a great story. Yeah, when Roger <laughs> Bell said that story, it hurt my feelings because I'm a a known Marion lover, and I will defend yeah. him into the gates of Mordor. But it, then I hear stories. It's like D'Antoni has to go to Roger Bell and be like, "Listen, before practice, be like, listen, Raja." You made the all defensive team. Just, just telling you right now. Can't tell everybody in a big meeting and celebrate it because Sean Marion yeah. over there, like he might start crying, you know. And I was just like, oh man, he was a bitch. Damn it, you know. Uh, <laughs> as as I went through to answer this question, hold on, let's... another one. Yeah, buddy, it's Friday oh, night, wow. hour number two. Just here. <laughs> but as you go through and you look at all the players who were great defenders and didn't make all defensive teams. Sean Marion's on the top of the list. I mean, I was looking at some different some different guys. Uh, don't remember any of their names, um, but I did re- research a little bit. I promise it was like three days ago. Um, but yeah, he he's got to be one of the best defenders of all time, never to make it. I don't know how he didn't make it, but you go through a couple years and like you know that's back when the NBA was saying, hey, it's this isn't positionless, and he lost out to people like Tim Duncan, you know. So unfortunately, that's yeah. just kind of the way it goes. Uh, 
I got one more trade question for you that came via the chat. You ready for this, Matthew? Oh, my God. What is it? All right. Cards <laughs> took that W, which, by the way, great name. Cards took that W because go let's Cardinals, baby. Let's, let's not go. get political. No, let's go Cardinals, baby. Oh, yeah. Fucking all right. Sorry. Dude, those Cardinals, <laughs> the man. Those, they were fun was, to watch last Sunday, man. Better than watching I, the freaking Cowboys, you know? Fuck those Cowboys, man. The same old Cowboys. That's, you know, it's like, same how about them Cowboys? Cowboys? Like, you know, same old Cowboys. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, no, Cardinals look fucking amazing going to DeAndre Hopkins. I just love seeing Kyler Murray play with his new toy. And then like when the toy wasn't wide open, he's just like, I'm just going to run. Boop, 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 boop. His little midget legs. Yeah. <laughs> running. Just, you know, scoring touchdowns yeah. against fucking San Francisco. Fuck San Francisco. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, cards took that W put in the chat. How about the Rubio Ubre and Sarge and number 10 for Westbrook? What do you think of that? Matthew? That's a dumb trade, right? Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. Because no one's a fan of Westbrook. I don't want Westbrook. And I, and I feel bad. He just has to be a third guy now on somebody's team. And, you know, it might be the Lakers. Who knows? Yeah. You know what? That might not be a bad... Well, his contract, though. I'd have to look at the details of his contract. Uh, if he somehow took, like, a cut and pay, or, or like LeBron did, they could bring him in there. You know, seen Rajon Rondo play. He, he, he played well today. Yeah, so. I mean, so... Th- I that'd be too many guys converging on the basket. It would just look funny, but... He can go to, to the big three. Let's do that. Westbrook to the big three. He would kill there, man. He'd, he'd, he'd fuck shit up. And he'd and it'd always look like uh, somebody farted. Because I swear Westbrook always, he's the way he looks is he's got a look on his face like somebody farted. So, Cards took that W. <laughs> I, I've heard that trade. I'm not a big fan of it because okay. you're giving up a lot. And I'm not a big fan of Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, Matthew, what I else am, you got? Not on my team. What, what else what, do what, I have? What, yeah, what else you got? Oh, you you been watching, what, watching um, anything new or... Dude, you know what I've been doing last week. We've yeah. been hanging out all week, you know, with the family. But um, no, dude, football's back. Fantasy football, all this of that good stuff. You got the this, is, this is a good time of the year. Like fantasy football starts, and then you got the playoffs for basketball. That's pretty awesome. I love it. Yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 almost too much. You know, I think that it one is. with work being crazy. Again, I work in hospitality. Unfortunately, these past couple weeks, they let go so many people at my work, uh, which is sad. Like the other day I went yeah. over to uh, one of our outlets to get some uh, booze. We, I needed some rum because everyone's ordering pina coladas by the pool. And I saw like one of my old buddies and he was there to pick up his last check. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's fucking sad. And what sucks about that is I'm wearing extra hats now. Like I'm also the chef de cuisine now. And it's like, Ugh. sorry about the burger quality. Um, so you got that going on. Family's in town. Uh, but football, yeah. It's like, what have you been watching? Football. Fantasy fucking football. Um, got Kyler Murray, of course. Every uh, game matters, yeah. Yeah, every game matters. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun, though, man. It's a great time of year. It's so much fun that the NBA playoffs are going on while this is occurring. Like, again, this is an oddity, and it's super fun. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Jamsters, that it took us so long to put out a podcast. 12 days is literally the longest. We literally went through the pandemic, like, putting out two or three a week. Uh, and now, like, the conference finals are going on. We're just like, dude, I, like, we don't have the time. Um, but we'll get one out next week, if not two. Uh, what do you think? Like Tuesdays and Fridays, we should start pumping them out for the Sun Panthers. Or it's tough, go dude. Week? Let, let's do Wednesdays, and then if they get restless yes. and they get you know annoyed, we'll we'll listen to them. We listen, yes. to, you know, give the people what they want. That's what we're gonna do. So yeah. we'll go from there. Wednesdays. You you let us know, Jamsters. I mean, no more death threats, obviously. Uh, yeah. If you email us at sunsjamsession at gmail.com or you visit sunsjamsession.com and you're leaving those death threats on us not putting out pods, we don't take kindly to that. But if those continue to occur, <laughs> we'll put out the podcast yeah. a couple of times a week instead of just one. But as for kinda, now, I, yeah. we're going to do like 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. <laughs> I like the yeah. intention. <laughs> I like the intention, you know. I'm just so, uh, you know, that? once again, everybody, <laughs> remember to uh, 
Subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. That's where you can get the Sun's Jam Session podcast. You can hit us up on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter, at Matthew Lissy. And uh, make sure that you also subscribe to the pod, at Sun's Jam, on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, Normally, I say... Well, go ahead. I would say we're not for real. No death threats. We're joking. No, yeah, please. Yeah, we're we're clearly clearly joking on my second Juicy Jack IPA from Santan. Gotta love it. It also matches <laughs> yeah. my what I'm wearing too. Nice and orange. Hey, so. nice hat, by the way. Uh, on that note, uh, Matthew, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Just go home and love your family. Amen. Take care, sons, sons, jamsters. <laughs> <laughs>